Chapter 2, verses 22 through 32. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 1, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 22 through 25. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Cyril. Next, after the circumcision, they wait for the time of purification. As it is said, and when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were come. Bede, if you diligently examine the words of the law, you will find indeed that the mother of God, as she is free from all connection with man, so is she exempt from any obligation of the law. For not every woman who brings forth, but she who has received seed and brought forth, is pronounced unclean. And by the ordinances of the law is taught that she must be cleansed in order to distinguish, probably, from her who, though a virgin, has conceived and brought forth, but that we might be loosed from the bonds of the law, as did Christ, so also Mary submitted herself of her own will to the law. Titus Bost. Therefore the evangelist has well observed that the days of her purification were come according to the law, who, since she had conceived of the Holy Spirit, was free from all uncleanness. It follows, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Athanasius. But when was the Lord hid from his father's eye, that he should not be seen by him? Or what place is expected from his dominion, that by remaining there he should be separate from his father, unless brought to Jerusalem and introduced into the temple? But for us perhaps these things were written, for as not to confer grace on himself, he was made man and circumcised in the flesh, but to make us gods through grace, and that we might be circumcised in the Spirit, so for our sakes he is presented to the Lord, that we also might learn to present ourselves to the Lord. Bede. On the thirty-third day after his circumcision, he is presented to the Lord, signifying in a mystery that no one but he who is circumcised from his sins is worthy to come into the Lord's sight that no one who has not severed himself from all human ties can perfectly enter into the joys of the heavenly city. It follows, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Origin, and where are they who deny that Christ proclaimed in the gospel the law to be of God? Or can it be supposed that the righteous God made his own son under a hostile law which he himself had not given? It is written in the law of Moses as follows. Every male which openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord. Bede. By the words opening the womb, he signifies the firstborn, both of man and beast, in each one of which, according to the commandment, to be called holy to the Lord, and therefore to become the property of the priest. That is, so far that he was to receive a price for every firstborn of man, and oblige every unclean animal to be ransomed. Gregory of Nisa. Now this commandment of the law seems to have had its fulfillment in the incarnate God, 
in a very remarkable and peculiar manner. For he alone, ineffably conceived and incomprehensible brought forth, opened the virgin's womb, till then unopened by marriage, and after his birth miraculously retaining the seal of chastity. Ambrose, for no union with man, disclosed the secrets of the virgin's womb, but the Holy Spirit infused the immaculate seed into an inviolate womb. He then who sanctified another's womb, in order that a prophet should be born, he it is who has opened the womb of his own mother, that the immaculate should come forth. By the words opening the womb, he speaks of birth after the usual manner, not that the sacred abode of the virgin's womb, which our Lord in entering sanctified, should now be thought by his proceeding forth from it to be deprived of its virginity. Gregory of Nyssa but the offspring of this birth is alone seen to be spiritually male, as contracting no guilt from being born of a woman. Hence he is truly called holy, and therefore Gabriel, as if announcing that this commandment belonged to him only, said, That holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now of other firstborns the wisdom of the gospel has declared that they are called holy from their being offered to God, but the firstborn of every creature, that holy thing which is born, etc., the angel pronounces to be in the nature of its very being holy. Ambrose. For among those that are born of women, the Lord Jesus alone is in everything holy, who in the newness of his immaculate birth experienced not the contagion of earthly defilement, but by his heavenly majesty dispelled it. For if we follow the letter, how can every male be holy, since it is undoubted that many have been most wicked? But he is holy whom, in the figure of a future mystery, the pious ordinances of the divine law prefigured, because he alone was to open the hidden womb of the Holy Virgin Church for the begetting of nations. Cyril, O oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God! He offers victims, who in each victim is honored equally with the Father. The truth preserves the figures of the law. He who, as God, is the maker of the law, as man has kept the law. Hence it follows, and that they should give a victim, as it was ordered in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Bead. Now this was the victim of the poor. For the Lord commanded in the law that they who were able should offer a lamb for a son or a daughter, as well as a turtle dove or pigeon. But they who are not able to offer a lamb should give two turtle doves or two young pigeons. Therefore the Lord, though he was rich, deigned to become poor, that by his poverty he might make us partakers of his riches. Cyril but let us see what these offerings mean. The turtle dove is the most vocal of birds, and the pigeon the gentlest. And such was the Savior made unto us. He was endowed with perfect meekness, and, like the turtle dove, entranced the world, filling his garden with his own melodies. There was killed then either a turtle dove or a pigeon, that by a figure he might be shown forth unto us, as about to suffer in the flesh for the life of the world. Bede. Or the pigeon denotes simplicity, the turtle dove chastity, for the pigeon is a lover of simplicity, and the turtle dove of chastity. 
so that if by chance she has lost her mate, she heeds not to find another. Rightly then are the pigeon and turtle dove offered as victims to the Lord, because the simple and chaste conversation of the faithful is a sacrifice of righteousness well-pleasing to him. Athanasius. He ordered two things to be offered, because as man consists of both body and soul, the Lord requires a double return from us, chastity and meekness, not only of the body but also of the soul. Otherwise man will be a dissembler and hypocrite, wearing the face of innocence to mask his hidden malice. Bede. But while each bird from its habit of wailing represents the present sorrows of the saints, in this they differ, that the turtle is solitary, but the pigeon flies about in flocks. And hence the one points to the secret tears of confession, the other to the public assembling of the church. Bede. Or the pigeon which flies in flocks sets forth the busy intercourse of active life. The turtle which delights in solitariness tells of the lofty heights of the contemplative life. But because each victim is equally accepted by the Creator, St. Luke has purposely omitted whether the turtles or young pigeons were offered for the Lord, that he might not prefer one mode of life before another, but teach that both ought to be followed. Verses 25 through 28. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms. Ambrose. Not only did angels and prophets and shepherds and his parents bear witness to the birth of the Lord, but the old men and the righteous. As it is said, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name is Simeon, and he was a just man, and one who feared God. For scarcely is righteousness preserved without fear. I mean not that fear which dreads the loss of worldly goods, which perfect love casteth out, but that holy fear of God, which abideth forever, by which the righteous man, the more ardent his love to God, is so much the more careful not to offend him. Ambrose. Well is he called righteous, who sought not for his own good, but for the good of his nation. As it follows, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Gregory of Nyssa. It was not surely worldly happiness that the prudent Simeon was waiting for as the consolation of Israel, but a real happiness, that is, a passing over to the beauty of truth from the shadow of the law. For he had learnt from the sacred oracles that he would see the Lord's Christ before he should depart out of this present life. Hence it follows, and the Holy Spirit was in him, by which indeed he was justified, and he received an answer from the Holy Spirit. Ambrose, he desired indeed to be loosed from the chains of bodily infirmity, but he waits to see the promise, for he knew, happy are those eyes which shall see it. Gregory, Hereby also we learn with what desire the holy men of Israel desired to see the mystery of his incarnation. Bede. To see death means to undergo it, and happy will he be to see the death of the flesh, who has first been enabled to see with the eyes of his heart the Lord Jesus Christ, having his conversation in the heavenly Jerusalem, 
and frequently entering the doors of God's temple, that is, following the examples of the saints in whom God dwells, as in his temple. By the same grace of the Spirit, whereby he foreknew Christ would come, he now acknowledges him come as it follows, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. Origin. If thou wilt touch Jesus and grasp him in thy hands, strive with all thy strength to have the Spirit for thy guide, and come to the temple of God. For it follows, and when his parents brought in the child Jesus, i.e. Mary his mother and Joseph his reputed father, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms. Gregory of Nyssa. How blessed was that holy entrance to the holy things through which he hastened on to the end of life. Blessed those hands which handled the word of life and the arms which were held out to receive him. Bede. Now the righteous man, according to the law, received the child Jesus in his arms, that he might signify that the legal righteousness of works under the figure of the hands and arms was to be changed for the lowly, indeed, but saving grace of gospel faith. The old man received the infant Christ to convey thereby that this world, now worn out as it were with old age, should return to the childlike innocence of the Christian life. Verses 28 through 32. And blessed God, saying, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to enlighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. Origen. If we marvel to hear that a woman was healed by touching the hem of a garment, what must we think of Simeon, who received an infant in his arms, and rejoiced seeing that the little one he carried was he who had come to let loose the captive, knowing that no one could release him from the chains of the body with the hope of future life, but he whom he held in his arms. Therefore it is said, and he blessed God, saying, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart, Theophilact. When he says Lord, he confesses that he is the very Lord of both life and death, and so acknowledges the child whom he held in his arms to be God. Origen, as if he said, as long as I held not Christ, I was in prison and could not escape from my bonds. Basil, if you examine the words of the righteous, you will find that they all sorrow over this world and its mournful delay. Alas me, says David, that my habitation is prolonged. Ambrose, observe then that this just man, confined as it were in the prison house of his earthly frame, is longing to be loosed, that he may again be with Christ. But whoso would be cleansed, let him come into the temple, into Jerusalem. Let him wait for the Lord's Christ. Let him receive in his hands the word of God and embrace it, as it were, with the arms of his faith. Then let him depart, that he might not see death, who has seen life. Greek Expositor Simeon blessed God also, because the promises made to him had received their true fulfillment. For he was reckoned worthy to see with his eyes, and to carry in his arms the consolation of Israel. And therefore he says, according to thy word, i.e., since I have obtained the completion of thy promises, 
and now that I have seen with my eyes what was my desire to see, now lettest thou thy servant depart. Neither dismayed at the taste of death, nor harassed with doubting thoughts, as he adds in peace. Gregory of Nisa. For since Christ has destroyed the enemy, which is sin, and has reconciled us to the Father, the removal of saints has been in peace. Origin. But who departs from this world in peace, but he who is persuaded that God was Christ reconciling the world to himself, who has nothing hostile to God, having derived to himself all peace by good works in himself. Greek Expositor But it had been twice promised to him that he should not see death before he should see the Lord's Christ, and therefore he adds, to show that this promise was fulfilled, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Gregory of Nisa Blessed are the eyes, both of thy soul and thy body. For the one visibly embraced God, but the others not considering those things which are seen, but enlightened by the brightness of the Spirit of the Lord, acknowledge the word made flesh. For the salvation which thou hast perceived with thy eyes is Jesus himself, by which name salvation is declared. Surreal. But Christ was the mystery which has been revealed in the last times of the world, having been prepared before the foundation of the world. Hence it follows, which thou hast prepared before the face of all men. Athanasius. That is to say, the salvation wrought by Christ for the whole world. How then was it said above that he was watching for the consolation of Israel, but because he truly perceived in the Spirit that consolation would be to Israel at that time when salvation was prepared for all people. Greek Expositor Mark the wisdom of the good and venerable old man, who before that he was thought worthy of the blessed vision, was waiting for the consolation of Israel. But when he obtained that which he was looking for, exclaims that he saw the salvation of all people. So enlightened was he by the unspeakable radiance of the child, that he perceived at a glance things that were to happen a long time before. Theophylact, by these words before the face, he signifies that our Lord's incarnation would be visible to all men. And this salvation, he says, is to be the light of the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. As it follows, a light to lighten the Gentiles. Athanasius. For the Gentiles before the coming of Christ were lying in the deepest darkness without the knowledge of God. Surreal. But Christ's coming was made a light to them that sat in darkness, being sore oppressed by the power of the devil. But they were called by God the Father to the knowledge of his Son, who is the true light. Gregory of Nisa. Israel was enlightened, though dimly by the law, so he says not that light came to them, but his words are, to be the glory of thy people Israel. Calling to mind the ancient history, that as of old Moses, after speaking with God, returned with his face glorious. So they also, coming to the divine light of his human nature, casting away their old veil, might be transformed into the same image from glory to glory. For although some of them were disobedient, yet the remnant were saved and came through Christ to glory of which the apostles were first fruits, whose brightness illuminates the whole world. For Christ was in a particular manner the glory of Israel. 
because according to the flesh, he came forth from Israel, although as God, he was over all blessed forever. Gregory of Nisa, he said, therefore, of thy people, signifying that not only was he adored by them, but moreover of them was he born according to the flesh. Bede, and well is the enlightening of the Gentiles put before the glory of Israel, because when the fullness of the Gentiles shall have come in, then shall Israel be safe. End of chapter 2, verses 22 through 32.